Jude, verse 17. If you get there, then if you'd stand, we're going to read from verse 17 through to verse 21. Jude 17, uh, the verse 17 through to 21. Amen. Once you're there, if you stand, then we'll read the word of God audibly together. Amen. Jude 17. Praise the Lord. Let's all read it together. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Father, we just thank you for your precious word. Thank you for the liberty and the freedom that we have to read it, to stand together, to share it, and to break it. And so, Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, just as we gather around it tonight, that your spirit would have free course, that you would encourage us and strengthen us in our faith. And Lord, we pray that even as we come to pray and lift all the great needs are before you tonight, we just pray that your spirit would move mightily in our midst. Aid us, we pray. Aid us to pray. Lord, aid us to go through with you, O God, by your Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seats. Praise the Lord. Just verse 20, I want to talk just about four essential, essential things for our journey. And uh, verse 20, if you just look at it again, Jude says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You'll, you'll note there the first thing, just very simply four things I want to point out here is to build up. It's important as believers, wherever we are in our journey of faith, whether we're just saved or whether we're further on in our walk with the Lord, that we continue to build, build up that 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 ourselves in the most holy faith and the most important thing before we build is that foundation has been laid if you turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20 we see that the foundation has been laid and that's what we build upon no other foundation do we build but that which is on Christ himself but Paul writes there in Ephesians chapter 20 sorry Ephesians 2 and 20 he says these words about that foundation that we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So we see here that the whole building rests upon the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So before we build, we're assured of that foundation has been laid through faith in our hearts. And it's important then that we build everything on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul was speaking to the church at Ephesus, if you go back into Acts chapter 20, when he came there, Acts and chapter 20, this is what he said to them, Acts chapter 20, and verse 32, Acts chapter 20, and verse 32, and he says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So the faith 
or the building up for the believer comes through the power of God's word. And so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But God's word on the foundation that we're built on Christ, that word of the Lord that comes, he says here, the word of his grace that comes into our hearts and into our lives through faith and our daily devotions as we gather together to open the word of God, that faith is built. And this is how we build up our faith. And Jude, that little letter just before the end, is so well placed because we know he's speaking in the context of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ who would come with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all. There'll be mockers in the last day, but he encourages the saints that the saints of God would build themselves up in their most holy faith through the word of his grace. So how do we apply or how do we move forward in faith in reading God's word and obeying God's word and applying the word of the Lord to our lives? But over in Hebrews at chapter 6, if you turn to it, we're encouraged there that we would go on in the faith. In other words, that there has to be a growth. There has to be a moving forward in our faith. When that foundation is laid, it's so important that we begin to build on our faith and build upon that foundation. And here in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. It's not forgetting the principles of the doctrine of Christ. It's letting those foundational principles that be applied to your heart and our life. But then there has to be, for every believer, we have to go forward. We have to build. We have to mature. We have to grow in the faith. We have to become strong in the faith. That's what God's desire is for every Christian, to grow in the Lord and to become strong in the Lord. That happens by the word of his grace. And here we read the apostle writes that we're leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. What he's saying here is that we don't want to be going through the the, the motions every week of, I need to get saved again, I need to get saved again. We're trusting in him that we have committed our lives to him and he will keep that which we have committed to him against that day. So it's not going through the rituals of repentance and faith constantly for our salvation. There has to then be this faith to move forward in the Lord and become strong in him. And then this is what he says of the doctrine this is what we're going on in and what we're going further in of the doctrine of baptisms. You'll note there then that the word baptisms is a plural, that there's not just uh, one baptism. There's the baptism when you were saved, when you were born again of the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us that we were baptized into the body of Christ. That's being born of the Spirit of God. There's one baptism. We're also told in Scripture that after we're saved, that we are commanded of the Lord that we should be baptized or go through the waters of immersion. So I trust that everyone who's saved, that's washed in the blood, that we have gone on in the faith, that we've been baptized in the water. So there's another baptism. There's also the baptism in the Holy Ghost. There's another baptism essential for the believer to seek the Lord, to be filled with, and to be empowered by the Holy Ghost to live a life for Jesus, to be a witness for him. So we need to go on, and it's a challenge, I suppose, for us all. 
If you're in this room tonight, you've laid the foundation through faith. You're born of the Spirit. You're washed in the blood. Praise the Lord. You've been baptized into the body of Christ. You're a member of the body of Christ. Have you been baptized in water? This is a commandment of the Lord. This is what we do to please him because we love him as we die to ourselves in the principles of how he gave his life, how he was buried, how he was raised again. So through those waters of baptism, we're saying we're dead to this world, dead to ourselves. And, and so we're identifying with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're going on in the faith. We must go on. And then we talk about, of course, the essential, which is so much needed for every believer, that we're all filled with the Holy Ghost to live a life for him by the, in the power of the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to live this life. It is impossible to live the Christian life without the power of the Spirit of God. And so we need to lay the foundation. The foundation's essential, but then we have to build. And tonight, if in any of those areas that God is speaking to you, the simple thing is for us to obey God, to, to, to simply respond to Him and to obey His Word. And if you're seeking the filling and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, seek the Lord, ask Him to fill you, receive from it. It's a gift from the Lord, so we have to go on in the faith. And says, on the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And then it says, and this will we do if God permits. So we're God's desire is that the believer builds upon that foundation. We turn over in the Colossians chapter 2, just before we leave this building of ourselves and our most holy faith. In Colossians 2, Paul writes in verse 6, Colossians 2 and verse 6, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. You know, this is the will of God for every believer, that we are built up, that we're rooted in Christ, that we're built up in Christ, and that we're established in the faith, that we're not blown about, that we're not tossed to and fro with our feelings or with doctrines or with seducing spirits or all manners of things that can happen God's purpose is for every believer to grow in him, to know him, to enter into a deeper place with him, to follow through with Christ and all that he has for your life. God wants us to grow and to mature as believers. And this is how the Father is glorified because as we walk and we grow, then there's fruit produced in our life and the Father then is glorified. So God wants us to be built up, especially this is the context of the last days. If you just go a few verses before our reading tonight, you'll find it's in the context of Christ coming to execute judgment. Mockers and scoffers, which is the world in which we're in. We're well versed on it. We live in it. We know we're in it. But God wants the church to be strong. He wants his people to be strong in their faith, to be built up in their most holy faith, to apply the word of God to their lives, to walk in him, to be rooted in him, to glorify him, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so I encourage you, friends, tonight, that comes by the word of God. We must 
We must turn to the word of God. We must apply the word, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word and apply it to our lives. And in that, the blessing comes when we obey the word of the Lord. God wants his people to be strong in him. And he's made that provision for every one of us. Not only does he want us to be built up, but then it says there in Jude and verse 20, he says that we would pray when we're going to pray. He says, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. We, we, we've more than ever just in the place of prayer. We need the aid of the Holy Spirit. We need the, the helper to help us to pray. The one who knows the very mind of God tonight and what he would want us to pray for. Of course, we bring our petitions. Of course, we bring our thanksgiving. They're all forms and types of prayer. But they're really for the church to be, for the Holy Ghost to lay hold of a prayer meeting and to reveal God's heart to pray. We need the Holy Ghost to do that. And so he says here that we're to build ourselves up, but pray Pray in the Holy Ghost, that we would pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray with the aid and with the power of the Holy Spirit. God would help us to pray. This this is not God's more willing to give than we are to receive. And God, the Holy Spirit, wants to enable us tonight to bring his will, the will of the Father, through the Son, by the power of the Spirit, to aid every believer tonight as we come with thanksgiving, as we come with petitions, as we come with our worship, that then the Holy Spirit takes a life or a heart, and as you're praying, He begins to pray in you and pray through you, and brings the heart of God, brings what God wants us to focus in on prayer. And there, there, there is a precious thing when it happens. It happens in our meetings when you just... I sense the Holy Ghost takes control and there's a prayer and there's a praying through and there's a, there's a passing from heart to heart and hand to hand as one would sit down and another would lift up that baton as it were and continue to pray on and pray through. That's the aid of the Holy Spirit in a prayer. I mean, how we need the Holy Ghost when we pray. To think that we can do it just with our own understanding or our own ability. We need the Holy Ghost. And he wants to move. And he wants to pray through us. In Galatians chapter 4. Now, for every believer that's in this room tonight, this is, this is for us. This is what the Bible says when it comes to praying in the Spirit. Galatians 4 and 6. This is what the Bible says. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Every believer in this room, every Christian who has been born of the Spirit, washed in the blood, this is what the Bible says, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your heart, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, there's a cry in every believer's heart, or there should be a cry by the Spirit of God, Abba, Father. If you turn over in the Romans 8, Paul mentions it there again also. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Romans 8 and verse 14 says these words. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many 
as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Would the church say amen? We're not in bondage. We've been delivered, praise the Lord. We're set free, praise the Lord. We've been liberated, praise the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. So we have not received the spirit of bondage. Remember, God sent forth the spirit of his Son into our hearts. But we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. There's a cry in the heart of every believer. There's a cry for the Father and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, itself birth witness with our spirit. Now we are the children of God. That's what we are. It's a witness in the Spirit. There's a bearing of witness. That's one of the most special things and crucial things that happens when a man or a woman are, bo- are born of the Spirit. There is a witness There's a witness of the Holy Ghost that they're saved. Their lives have been transformed. There's an identity. There's a cry in that heart. We are to pray in the Spirit. On down to verse 26. It says in Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit. Why we need to pray in the Spirit? Because the Spirit helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When we don't know what to pray, he's praying. When we don't know how to pray, he's praying. When we don't know how to put the words together to pray, he's praying. There's a groan in the Spirit. And so we're instructed here in Jude that we're to pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible tells us that we pray in the understanding And that we pray in the Spirit. That means a spiritual language, the language of tongues. That we pray in the Spirit, that we pray in the understanding, that we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. But in these days, these are four essential things that we need. We need to build up ourselves in our most holy faith. And we need to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost to pray in the Holy Ghost. And we have Him in our hearts But we need to ask him that he would move upon us and begin to pray in us and to pray through us. Not only that, but we are to keep ourselves in the love of God. We are to keep ourselves in the love of God. You know, the Bible tells us, just if you're still there in Romans chapter 8, if you go on down that great chapter, but from verse 35, and you'll know these words well, what does it say there? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation, shall distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Who or what can separate you and I from the love of God? There's nothing. 
There's nothing can separate us from that love. But yet Jude says, keep yourselves, keep yourself in the love of God. Stay there. Stay in the love of Christ. How do we do it? What does that mean? How does that practically work out to keep yourself in the love of God? Well, in John chapter 15, John chapter 15, Jesus said, and these are some wonderful words in these few chapters, in John chapter 15 and verse 9, Jesus said these words, As the, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Now how do we continue in his love? How do we keep that love that we cannot be separated from? We have a responsibility, brothers and sisters. He said, if you keep my commandments or keep my word, ye shall abide in my love. If you walk in my way, that's the blessed way. That's the way of victory. That's the way of hope. That's the way of faith. That's the way of overcoming. But he says, if you keep my word, then you will abide. You will stay in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11 says, These things have I spoken unto you. The reason why he said it is that your joy, that my joy, sorry, might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So we want to live that life that is full and running over. Then we have a responsibility to keep in his word and the word of God, then we'll abide in his love and our joy will be full. Who wants their joy to be full? The joy of the Lord, which is our strength. So we're looking at these things that God is impressing upon his people. Keep yourselves. That word keep means to hold fast and be watchful. Keep yourselves there in this love that we cannot be separated from, but we want to live in it. And we want to walk in it. And we want to know that joy that is full and running over. We find that when we keep his word, then we abide in his love. Lastly, he says, and back in Judy, then he says, And look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Speaking about that day when Christ will come, look for the mercy of God, his great mercy He's going to come in those clouds. It's because of his mercy. He's going to come for his people. It's because of his mercy. He's going to come for those that have died in Christ. It's because of his mercy. He's going to come for those that are alive and remain. It's because of the great mercy of our Lord. We're looking for something. A lot of people are looking for something. They're looking at this world. They're looking at everything to try to find an answer. But the church are encouraged to look for the mercy of God. Isn't he merciful? Has he been merciful to you? Isn't his mercy abundant? Is his mercy new every morning? Isn't he a wonderful savior? Isn't God merciful? Can you look in your life and say, my God, you've been so merciful. God's mercy is so great. But we're looking for that mercy because we're looking for him. He is mercy. He is mercy. Titus 2 and verse 13 tells us there that we're to look for that blessed hope we have a blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, my Savior, and your Savior, Jesus Christ. 
We're looking for that. Are you looking for that? Is that what you're looking for? 2 Timothy 4 and 8. 2 Timothy 4 and 8, Paul writes these words, Henceforth there is laid up for me, crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but all unto all them also that love, love his appearing. Love his appearing. How many people are looking forward to seeing Jesus. I mean, you hear a lot of things about people are looking forward to, but I want to tell you, friends, I'm looking forward. I honestly, sincerely, and genuinely, I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus. One day, we're going to see him. That's what we're looking for. That's our hope in this world. We love we're just not trying to find a theological presentation or what way you see it all panning out. It's actually we love the appearing of Christ. We love the truth that he is going to burst through the clouds. We love the reality that Jesus himself, not an angel, not anyone else, but he himself will return in like fashion. He's coming. We love because that's our blessed hope. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28, the theme runs through the letters and the epistles. It says there, So Christ was offered, was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Are we looking for him? Are you looking for him? He's about to appear. That's what I'm convinced of. But are you looking for his appearance? Do you love his appearance? In Second Peter, Peter writes these words, Second Peter 3 and verse 12, that we're looking for and hasting onto the coming of the day of the Lord. That's what we're looking for. We're in the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. That's what we're looking for, saints. We're looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life because that's when our souls are raptured when he comes and he gathers us home forever. We will be with the Lord. Is that what you're looking for? Jude, that little letter, 25 verses just before the end, just before the end, just before the book of Revelation, so aptly placed, in the Bible, he simply says to the saints in the midst of all of this, listen, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Build yourself up. Be strong in the Lord. Walk. Obey the Lord. Fulfill his word in your life. Do what you know you need to do. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God and look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look for him because he's coming again. Friends, those four things, those essentials, you apply them to your life. That's going to take you right through to the day comes. Look for him. Build yourself up. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Tonight we're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. May the Holy Ghost help us in the place of prayer. Do we need the Holy Ghost? Do we need him? We need him, friends, just to pray, to bring all these needs to the Lord tonight. Let's pray together. Amen as we come. Father.